Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love So our theme is What is true freedom? And here's my thesis for this morning When we feel loved and secure in our relationships, our relationships with the people around us and our relationship with God, when we feel loved and secured in those, then we're free from being obsessed with our shortcomings, our failures, our past, set free from all the expectations and judgments that might fall upon us sometimes. We're set free And that's a really good thing. That's the freedom that we're talking about here this morning. But first, I want to talk about online shopping. So here's my question. How many of you have bought something online in the last 18 months? Anyone? Oh, a few. A few have. Yes. Uh, uh, Interesting. I have two. And uh, I put these online purchases roughly into a couple of different categories. There are some things that we need, and during the pandemic, it has been very helpful to order those online. And then there's this whole other category. Let's call them wants, shall we? Where, you know, a little bit of boredom, a little bit of extra time at home, and all of a sudden, you find stuff on the internet that you didn't even know you needed, but actually, wow, I do want this, I do need this. And I think there's this whole other category and part of that where it's even like, this is so ridiculous of a thing for me to buy that I don't know if I can even call it a want. Like, this is just absurd. Anyone bought any of those things? I have. I, uh, so you who are honest and confessed, you're in good company. Thank you for your confession. So uh, I'm going to share with you uh, one thing that I purchased online in the last year, and uh, I shared it with our confirmation class a while ago. It came in this nice, fancy box. Isn't this impressive? Uh, any guesses as to what this might be? Alex. Oh my goodness, is it a wizard wand, he said. In fact, it is. Exactly what every 39-year-old man needs uh, is is a magic wand. Yes, I bought this online, and I thought, oh gosh, I just got to have it. It's not just any wand. This is the wand of Albus Dumbledore, folks, uh, from Harry Potter. Uh, If you've seen the movies or books, you know this is also called the Elder Wand, an ancient, powerful magic relic. Oh my gosh had to have it because uh, what you know if you've read the books or watched the movies, uh, the wand is like the key to making the magic work, right? A little spell and a magic wand, a little swish and flick, and you're free from a lot of life's problems all of a sudden, and that's pretty good. Like, uh, you know, you got a lot, bunch of dishes to wash, not a problem. Swish and flick, just like Mrs. Weasley does, there's the dishes. They're washing themselves. Uh, come home late from work, you got to get supper on the table? No, 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 I got it. 
Swish and flick. There we go. Uh, baptism candles won't light. You know, uh, swish and flick. We can do it. We can do all these like little, you know, inconveniences. We can use the magic to do that. I thought that's perfect. But you know what? I mean, if I get a magic wand, I thought if I just buy this magic wand, well, why stop at dishes and dinner? I mean, I might as well solve some of the world's problems. So ready, COVID, look out. Swish and flick. It's gone. I did it, guys. I, I cured it. Uh, all the political divisions, uh, swish and flick, not a problem. Now those are solved too. Anyone else have any problems you'd like me to solve quick? Well, I've got some bad news that I've learned over the last few months of owning a powerful magical relic. It doesn't do anything. Uh, it turns out it's just like an arts and crafts project from Etsy. I should have known. I thought Etsy was a magical store. Turns out it's a, a craft vendor store. And so, you know, yet for $16 with free shipping and handling, it's pretty cool, fun thing to have. But by golly, it doesn't do a darn thing for me magically. Uh, it just... Uh, helps me play pretend and have fun. And so it turns out that uh, Harry Potter and Albus Dumbledore, neither of them are coming to help set me free from some of life's problems. The big things are the little things. And so I guess we're kind of on our own, except for that we're not. Uh, literally, we're not on our own as we gather here today. And uh, we have a God who is with us in the midst of it. Jesus, in this gospel reading, who sets us Free. Here's what he says in John chapter 8. Jesus is talking to some Jewish folks who have believed in him, and he says, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. And they answered him, We are descendants of Abraham, and we have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? It's an interesting thing for them to say that they've never been slaves to anyone as descendants of Abraham because I'm guessing that even some of you who are not scholars of Jewish history, which is probably all of us, even you who are not scholars of Jewish history probably understand that actually slavery and a time in Egypt is a pretty major chapter in the book of history of the Jewish people. Uh, you've maybe seen Charlton Heston raise his rod and say, Ramesses, let my people go. It's a good Charlton Heston, right? Not so much. But you've maybe seen the movie, right? He, the Ten Commandments, he sets them free. Moses leads them out. This is the whole story of being led out of slavery in Egypt. Uh, the Prince of Egypt animated movie tells this story. The Jewish people have had slavery as a time in their history. And not only that, but at the time that Jesus is teaching them, they're living under Roman occupation. So even though in that time they're not actual slaves... They're far from free because the Roman Empire is you know, there and ruling with a heavy hand. And yet Jesus is saying, I will set you free. But what kind of freedom is he talking about? David Lose is a pastor in South Minneapolis who uh, helped to start a blog and website called, get this, Working Preacher. Isn't that a great one? Uh, working Preacher. And so here's what David Lowe said about this reading. He said, Jesus is not talking about physical slavery but spiritual, even existential, state of being enslaved to sin. Further, one is not delivered from such slavery by either history or birthright, but rather by a present and ongoing relationship, a relationship to the Son, the one who is in the bosom of the Father and makes the Father known. Only those who abide with, dwell in, and are in intimate relationship with the Son, the living Word, the Logos of God, are free indeed. 
To know Christ is to know freedom. Jesus is talking about offering a kind of freedom. The thing that Jesus says is, Very truly, I tell you, anyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. So he's talking about freedom from sin, which is, I think, kind of a, you know, like David Lowe says, kind of an existential idea. And so what are we talking about from sin and what does it mean to be freed from sin? Like David Lowe says, it really has to do with relationship. So often when we think about what sin is, we think about the naughty things we do. Has anyone done any naughty sins? Uh, Or we think about the good things that we should do more of and we know that, but we don't. And so we think of those things that we do or don't do as sin when in reality, I think there's a bigger idea of sin. I think those little naughty things are like a symptom of the illness of sin, which is something bigger. Uh, sin, when I teach it to confirmation kids, one of the uh, main ways I talk about it is like this. I, I write on a piece of paper or put it on a PowerPoint slide if I'm really high tech that night. And uh, I write sin, the word sin, with a little s, a big, huge I, and then a little n. And we write it that way and I say, do you get it? And they all look at me and they say, no. If they're listening, they say no. Uh, If they're not listening, they don't even answer, right? And so uh, I say, well, look at it again and think about this. Sin is when we put ourselves, when we think I am the biggest, most important thing in the world. I am the center of the universe. The biggest, most important thing is me. And when we do that, It causes all kinds of problems with relationships because it's hard to be in relationship with people if you think that you are the only and most important person in the entire world. And it's hard to be in relationship with God if you think that you are more important than any other person or the whole created world that God has created. Putting ourselves as the, the big and most important is very problematic in our relationships. And that is the core of what Jesus talks about as sin and wants to set us free from. And so I struggled this week to think about, like, what's an, what's an image of relationships and, and the freedom that comes from the comfort and security and love of a relationship? And I really was kind of struggling to find something. And then I uh, had a great lesson from my five-year-old Stanley. He's in the back. We'll see if he's listening. Uh, but it was, if you know our Stanley, uh, I, he is a kid who just goes, 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 goes until he crashes. And he goes for much longer than he spends crashing. Uh, he talks a lot. He's got a lot to say, a lot to share, and a lot of good ideas and a lot of energy. He's always ready to do something. And so uh, sometimes when bed comes, when bedtime comes, that is a bit of a challenge. When it's time to go to bed, but he's still worried about something from school, he's mad about something bad that happened, he's you know, trying to, he wants to do this one last thing before going, it's so much going on that he's still spinning, and so we go through the routine, and so this week there's one night where we go through the whole thing, bath time, storybooks, tuck him in, Good night. Say our prayers. I'm walking out the door. He's like, Dad, Dad, he's got still more to tell me. I'm like, yes, good night. Good night. And I close the door. I'm like, okay, he'll go to sleep. I go downstairs to wash the dishes, and uh, pretty soon I hear some noise upstairs again. I go, and I look at the top of the stairs. It's like, 
Dad, I'm still awake. I'm like, I figured. <laughs> I figured. He says, well, you lay with me, Dad. I'm like, oh, oh. I mean, no, just go to bed. But yeah, okay, I'll come and I'll lay with you. And so we lay down, and he launches into another story about this and that and this and that, and he tells me about all this stuff. And I was like, shh, 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 shh. let's just be quiet for a while. Just snuggle in here. Let's just be quiet. And so in that moment, he just snuggled in, laid his head right here on my chest. And in that moment, it was about 30 seconds till he was fast asleep. That's all it took in the midst of that little embrace and comfort and the love that, you know, I was just more than happy to pour out on him. 30 seconds and all of those worries, the things he was mad about, the stresses, the things he still hoped to get done that day. He was set free from all of those things and just went to sleep. And I was set free because he was asleep. But in that moment, I was also set free in a different way where I wasn't thinking about, oh, I got to get back downstairs and do some dishes. I wanted to linger in that moment a little bit too because the love and the comfort of that moment was beautiful. In that time, I wasn't worried about getting the dishes done. I wasn't worried about the long to-do list of things that have to get done before the snow flies, which every morning it feels like it's coming fast. I wasn't worried about any of those things, the stresses that are going on in life. I was just content, was just wrapped in that love and security of being in relationship and being together with someone I love. It is a beautiful thing. And that's what Jesus sets us free to, I think. When we feel loved and secure in our relationships, and I'm talking about our relationships with people as well as our relationships with God, when we're snuggled in cozy like Stanley did that night, life is good and the world seems like a pretty great place. But unfortunately, the flip side of that is true as well. When we are you know, living in that sin where we're you know, out of relationship, when we're focusing on the I, we can feel so trapped. We can feel trapped by our own insecurities, our shortcomings, our past failures, our future failures, worrying about them, worrying about what people will think. All these things can really weigh on us. And all of a sudden, the world starts to seem like a pretty harsh place. And then we kind of sometimes add to the harshness because that's what it's like when we're trapped. <laughs> Another story about that, being trapped. Uh, it was a Sunday last summer. Uh, we, were, we had drive-in church, and church got done, and uh, Annie, my wife, and the boys, they went home, and I got a call from her not long afterwards, and she said, when are you coming home? I said, uh, soon, I guess, normal time. You know, I just got a few things left to do. She's like, well, Stanley, he, I caught him crawling down in the window well because he saw a mouse, and I looked, and it's definitely not a mouse. Okay, tell me more. What is it? And she sent me a picture, and it was a muskrat. Y'all know muskrats? Big, ugly, yellowish, orange almost, teeth, and... Uh, Glad Stanley didn't go down to catch it because it uh, would not have been good. And so I did get home. We go, we look. I, I have a video of it. I'm going to share it on the church's Facebook, so check it out. Um, because what we did is we got ready. I got my leather gloves on, and we got a little fishing net. It's a little net the kids use to catch minnows. And so I went to go scoop this muskrat up and then take it 
to the woods. I mean, we don't even live close to water. So wherever it was going to go, that was up to him. I was just getting him out of the window well. So I got the, the net and I reached down there and scooped him up. And just as I was scooping him up, the muskrat looked up at me and said, Oh, hello, kind sir. Thank you for rescuing me, you good and kind person. Let me just jump in there. I'll, I'll snuggle in tight so I don't fall out and you can take me to safety. I'm kidding. Believe it or not, the muskrat didn't say that. Instead, he started lunging and biting at the net with his big, ugly, orange and yellow teeth, snapping at it, hissing and like trying to jump up at me, but thankfully he couldn't jump that high. And so I got him in the net. I'm lifting him out and he bursts out of the net, falls back into the window well. So again, we scoop him up, finally get him out of there. As soon as he's out of the window well, he jumps out of the net again and takes off running into the neighbor's yard. Not our problem. (laughs) Bye, muskrat friend. It was such a funny experience of this trapped animal that we're trying to help who would have just as soon bit my finger off if he had been given the chance because he wasn't seeing the world as a loving place full of caring people and a God who created and loved him. He was seeing the world as a very scary place full of threats and dangers and uh, all sorts of unpredictable things. Now both are true. That's the hard thing. Uh, He wasn't wrong. He had fallen in a window well that day. He wasn't having a great day. But we sometimes fall into those traps too. When we're, you know, living in this world full of, you know, love and security and good relationships with people and with God, it, it seems pretty good. It seems pretty cozy. But sometimes we fall into those traps too. Jesus calls it that way of sin, that way of making ourselves bigger and more important and focusing on ourselves rather than trying to see ourselves in a sense of community, a family, a family of God. And when we can see ourselves like that, that is where we can start to be set free. Set free from all of the expectations that others put on ourselves and that we put on us and that we put on ourselves, uh, set free from all of the past failures and shortcomings we have, we can be set free and it's a real cozy freedom. It's really good and it's right within our reach. There's a spiritual teacher named Eckhart Tolle and he tells a story about a couple who had uh, a cat who they loved dearly, uh, but the cat had a problem. It kept getting bigger. It kept getting heavier until it was so heavy they were worried that their beautiful, beloved, fat cat was not going to be able to take care of itself. So they finally took it to the vet and said, what is going on with our cat? He's getting too big. And the vet checked it out, you know, did, did a whole workup and then said, I think he's eating too much. <laughs> okay, well, go figure. So, so yeah, they put the cat, they sent the cat home, put him on a strict diet, checked back in a month. So every day for that month, the cat got her little cup of food, you know, just eat this, that's all you get. And at the end of the month, they took the cat in, they weighed the cat, and lo and behold, the cat not only did not lose weight, but gained some weight. And so the vet said, I don't know what's going on with your cat, but something is. Not sick, there's not something else. You go and watch this cat like a hawk, see if you can figure out what's happening. Something fishy is going on. And so they took the cat home and they watched it. They fed her her little uh, scoops of food and she happily scarfed it down. And then after a few days, 
they saw her hanging around the sink and realized that she could get under into the sink cabinet where they kept the bag of food. She was getting seconds. She was going back for as much of a smorgasbord that she wanted because she had found the source of the food. Diets, not necessary. We know the source of this unending love and comfort and forgiveness. It's God. We know the source, this presence of God and love. It's from God and the people around us. We know where to find it. We're like the cat who's found the cat food. It's right within our reach. It's right here within us and all around us. It's right there to set us free to make us free. And if the Son makes you free, you are free indeed. And so what I'm here to tell you today is that you are free. That freedom has already been found. That freedom is already there. That freedom, you know, it's right under the sink or wherever you hide it. It's not hidden. You have it. It's within you and all around you already. So you can be set free. Set free to fail. Set free to laugh and be silly. Set free to take chances. Set free from those past failures. Set free from whatever uncertainties or insecurities you might have. Set free from whatever judgments people are putting on you. Set free from whatever uncertainties and worries you have about the future. That is what Jesus wants you to be set free from. And if the Son has made you free, you are free indeed. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.